his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Hey there, sweet peas. Welcome back to Friendless. I'm your pal James Evermanko, back once more with a brand new interview. This week, I welcome back to the show lighting designer and inspiration for one of the central characters in my novel, Out of Town, the one, the only, Anton de Groot. Anton is one of my favorite people in the entire world, and we got a chance to unpack what it feels like to become a fictional character, how art impacts interpretations of love, navigating changing careers in your 30s, and so much more. It was so much fun catching up with Anton, and you're gonna love this interview, so buckle up and enjoy Anton de Groot here on Friendless. We, um, just before we hit record, you were telling me a little bit about um, your your sort of adventures through Europe, and um, I, I, I just, um, I can't imagine, like, the the impact on the body that um that like the travel has like on the brain you know i was telling you about my early mornings but it's like that's nothing compared to like com- you know adjusting to like it being a different day <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i got to make that uh transatlantic flight twice this summer which is pretty pretty fun i guess two or yeah four times i guess if you count each direction um, the first time it was for a bit of a longer trip, which was great. So went to, um, Scotland. My partner Meg is doing her PhD at the university of Glasgow, Meg Wilcox, former guest of the friendless podcast. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, so she's now, she's been doing her PhD remotely for the last two years or so, and has never actually met any of those people in person. Wow. So, uh, so yes, yeah, she, she was going there. Um, so I, I went along just for about three, four days or so. Um, and then I, she stayed in Glasgow in Scotland. I flew down to Prague in the Czech Republic where I was attending the Prague Quadrennial of Performance Design and Space, just a giant conference filled with nerds like myself who, Think, <laughs> think they can uh, make a living as uh, theater designers um, in in the world. It's it's pretty fabulous. It's the third time I've gone. It goes every four years. Um, this is the second time that me and a, a colleague of mine teach our class about devised sonography, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was pretty fantastic. And then Meg met me there. We flew down to the south of France and just bummed around and. Uh, in a tiny middle of nowhere town for like God, a week and a half. Like it was great. Paradise. Did you did yeah. you find like in the in which direction did you find your body adapting easier? Was it like going from Canada and then taking up the European clock, or was it leaving Europe and coming back to the Canadian clock? Definitely going from here out to Europe. One hundred percent. I feel like I was done in like one night, like I was, I was yeah. fully recovered and f- from jet lag, just, you know, both times I, when I arrived in Scotland, I was there for like, I think our flight arrived, rove around two o'clock, something like that, get the baggage, find the hotel, kind of settle in. And then it's just enough time to like surface, take a walk around, have a bite to eat, grab a beer, head back, and then just do your damnedest to stay up as late as you possibly can, which is like right, 7, sure. 30, 8 o'clock. Uh, and then <laughs> sleep all the way straight through and, and then kind of good to go first thing in the morning. But like I got back a week ago today and I think Last night was my first uninterrupted good night's sleep coming back in this direction. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the other thing, isn't it? Is that because you're losing all that time, you have to kind of account for it. Um, um, You know, I've never, I've, I've, I've been putting off a trip to Europe for years. And, uh, and so anytime I hear anybody went, I, I have to like fight through those, like, it's almost like those like vagal systems of like, I have to fight through the freeze and then I have to get through the, like, the like <laughs> anger and the jealousy so that I can get into the like connective <laughs> version of just like, that's incredible, you know? And like, cool. and the, and the different spots you saw, um, um, 
to, to, to lend a little context to why you were out there, um, I want to double back just a little bit, just for, for context for listeners. Um, you know, I know we talked uh, about it in the last interview, but for anyone who, who like hasn't listened to that episode or who's not familiar with your work, would you mind just giving like a little kind of like, who the hell are you kind of intro? Um, because oh, yeah. that really relates to what took you out, to, especially into Prague and Edinburgh. Oh my gosh, of course. Um, yeah, I think, so what I do is I work in the Canadian theater as a designer and a sonographer. So that means I focus on um, set design, lighting design, and sound design are my three elements that I do that. And I kind of work contract to contract, whomever is interested in uh, bringing me along for for a job or interested in my vision or I'm interested in theirs. And we, and that's, that's really what I do. And then uh, around that as well, I do a fair amount of teaching. I teach a class at the university of Calgary, um, doing that kind of work, um, do some work with, uh, with younger students, high school students, um, kind of around uh, other theatrical works. Yeah. And so that's what I've, I've been doing that for 20 years. I had a small sabbatical around the pandemic when literally everyone in my business was having a bit of a sabbatical <laughs> when all that. of show business sucked it, uh, shut down. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, whereas I worked as an architectural lighting consultant, I think I had just started that gig, um, honestly, when we chatted last time, but that I've been out of that for two years now. So that, right. I think... What pulled you away ago. from that? Um, what what pulled you away from the sort of like the, the the corporate world and and pulled you back into the into the arts? It was a combination of things. Um, first and foremost, I really did very much enjoy the work that I was doing. I found it mm. quite creative. However, uh, the particular company that I was working with, I found them to be less amenable to. Uh, how I kind of like to live my life in the world. And I don't mean like, <laughs> I don't, I, I guess I don't mean like they were resentful of me wanting to come in late. That's not what I mean. It, sure. what, what I mean is that I found there was a real disconnect in terms of um, values um, just for myself mm. and for them. Um, definitely that particular company, you know, prolific, hardworking, group of people but uh definitely uh run by 80s guys um so and you know myself i i just found it was harder pushing up against that and if i wanted to Mm -hmm. i felt that if i wanted to succeed in that particular business working for that particular company that i was going to really have to start to look at where my values lie and start to put those aside and start to like oh actually it's okay if i you know, stomp on, <laughs> you know, the careers of my female colleagues. Oh, you know, like that's a lot of my female colleagues were leaving um, because they felt yeah. they couldn't get ahead. And me seeing that and, and uh, among other, you know, very narrow-minded conservative, lowercase c conservative <laughs> um, uh, values and mindsets, it just, I didn't want to be party to that. And sure. so that was kind of the big thing. Um, but also like, I wanted to go back to work where all my friends are. <laughs> yeah. Big and, time, you know, sure. and yeah. And where, where I, I'm good at something, right? Like start mm-hmm. for, starting a, another career when you're in your late thirties was, was like scary. surprisingly difficult and a bit scary. And like, yep. I was able to speak the language of design to many of the colleagues that I work with, but there were so many little gaps in in the knowledge, like the process of how construction works and these things that everyone else around me all knew, but they didn't know how to communicate it. So I was often always catching up and I was always Mm -hmm. felt like I didn't know what I was talking about and so much energy. So it was nice to be going to a place back to a place where I'm unexpert. I don't have to be the expert in the room, but being unexpert amongst other experts is extremely fulfilling. And just, yeah. I feel like I can actually contribute and, and do something of value. Well, and that's such an interesting, you know, that feeling of like unexpert versus the expert. Like, it's like, I, I feel like I understand that so deeply in that it's like, you want to be around like-minded people and, you know, hearing you talk about like, you know, yeah, the work's good, but I'm I'm spending my days with people I don't want to be spending my days with. Like that's one of the easiest, quickest soul crushers, right? And 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 I think you yeah. know myself included. I've been in situations where 
it's uh, I've justified staying at, in situations because of the core work, but um, the team around me is not is not doing it. You know, it's not doing it for me, yeah. right? And and um, that is definitely one of those like magical lures of theater, isn't it? Of the like, there's this yeah. built-in like buddy system, right? And and um, yeah you know for some people you know for myself it's like that I think that that kind of burned me in the end but it's also like it is it is such a comfort if you find the right the right team and the right community for it right I totally agree 100% and I find it interesting just how how lucky I think that I had been um Mm. in my life like just in terms of like you know I acknowledge all sorts of you know privileges in how I get ahead in the world, you, you know, in coming up in the, in the aughts and the 2010s and, and all that. So, however, um, and what's interesting is like, in a way, I, my, my values were never super, super challenged mm. in that way. Like generally eight times out of 10, I saw eye to eye with, almost everybody that I was working with certain yeah. outliers, of course, of course, you know, um, many of which who have left the business, um, yeah. by their, by their own choice or not, uh, in the past yeah. uh, couple of years, certainly. Um, but it was so interesting to be confronted in a, in a place with people whose values were completely different from my own. Not, I mean, not completely, sure. but like, like yeah. politically and, and, and socially in a lot of ways. Um, and just how, you know, like they were good people for sure. They weren't, you know, if you, you call them out, and, <laughs> you know, they would staunchly defend themselves as being good people. But at the same time, just like seeing sort of these ingrained ways of working was fascinating, mm-hmm. just fascinating. And it's like, it's, it's, it is changing even in that business, I think. Um, and, you know, I don't know who knows how long that, that company will be around, <laughs> but, sure. um, but you know, like they, it, it is, it, there are a lot of evolved minds there, but just, that's not where I was working at that time. So yeah, yeah. some great is people. That sure. You know, that yeah. thing, I feel like I'm hearing something about sort of like that iterative change, right. And how it's like, you know, I, I think something I've encountered in the past and continue to encounter is this frustration of like, when you see something's broken in a system, you want to change it and you want it all to change right away because you're like, well, why would you keep going? This is fucked, you know? And, and, and the frustration is that like, you can't because it's a machine and machines don't change that way. You know, like if you want the machine to keep running, you can only replace one piece and one part at a time. Like you can't just dismantle it. Otherwise you now have a new machine. Right. And, 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 um, and it's like, so you kind of have to iterate, you know, it's that, um, what is it? Is it, it's Odysseus, Odysseus's ship, you know, and every, every plank is replaced until the point where it's like, is it now that, is it the original ship anymore? And, and yeah, that's sort of the goal, but you know, that metaphor is about it being over time. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and you have to sort of decide for yourself, like, is it worth me sticking around and helping replace each part? Or is it better for me to just jump ship and find a whole new part? Absolutely. And I thought a bit about it and I thought, you know, like I I could have been an agent of change in that world, but but the energy <laughs> that it was going to yeah. take for me well, not was every gonna, fight is your fight exactly and i wish that it could have been right like but it just i felt i just felt like at all points it was just it was going to be a fight constantly and i knew that it was going to ruffle some people's feathers and i frankly i just didn't care enough about that yeah. particular group of people right like yeah. why why worry about that? Right. Like there's, I can make social change in other ways. Um, I can commit my energy to cause, you know, like similar causes, but in different, different outputs. Like mm-hmm. I remember actually at one point before I left, they invited me to join the equity, diversity, inclusion committee. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Who else is on it? And it's just like white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy, white guy. And I said, thank you for the invitation. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. And here's why. <laughs> and until you start, like, until this committee starts to actually, like, 
<laughs> look a bit more like the 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 people you are supposedly trying to prop yeah. up with your mandate like maybe I'm be not equitable interested. and inclusive you know? <laughs> exactly it was so weird <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> i love it you know that kind of leads me into um the first sort of big question that I've been introducing in this new round of interviews, and it's this, you know, we in our last in our last chat, we we talked about, you know, being a friend, right? And and what it means to be a friend. And and I've I've been kind of expanding that concept into, well, a friend is somebody who's a member of a community, you know, and and so okay, then what the fuck is a community, you know? Um, because that's a term I'm seeing a lot, you know, being in community, being a member of this, that, the other thing, you know. Um and and I'm curious to know what I guess at the baseline to you what what does a community mean, and then we can kind of roll from there. Sure, that is such a great question, and I've been thinking a little bit about it since you mentioned it the other day. And I I've as of yet so far not been able to uh, come up with a succinct answer. So I'm happy that you and I can kind of jam this out a little bit because that's I'm, I'm kind of curious myself. Literally. It's, that's the point of a <laughs> yeah. podcast is to riff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like it's funny because that word does get bandied around a fair amount, you know, in, in our business, of course, like I hear about the quote unquote theater community or the film community or the dance community, yeah. right? Like that's fantastic. Um, you know, and I feel you know, I feel very much a part of the theater community here in town. Um, but also, you know, the community that I live in is my neighborhood, Bankview here in Calgary. There's a community associate association. <laughs> There's, um, you know, my neighbors, the people that live on my, my street. There's, it, it, it's, in a way, it's these very disparate definitions about what it, might mean but it's like yes. the one thing that actually has in common is that there's more than one person yeah and that's, that's kind accurate. of the only thing i've been able to kind of like put my finger on here is like mm -hmm. it's more than one person engaging with something and that mm -hmm. something can be each other that something can be a common cause or common interest um can be a you know common uh, common work can be a common space in, ter in terms of like neighborhood so it just it's that so th i think that's where i've come to land um now I feel almost in a way the harder part is like what does that mean to me and i'm not 100 percent mm. sure at this time because our world has become so fractured in the last two years and like i've uh, i still work in the theater community here i still create work. I still am grateful for my friends and colleagues. Um, but yet I also feel more distant from it than I ever have. And I'm not sure all if that's right. just because of the pandemic is that, you know, because we all took, you know, two years off to try and, you know, survive. survive. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Uh, yeah. And then, and also recognizing that even within that singular community, that there is myriad other communities and that yes. not all, you know, especially in, in like these arts or fields, certain community members are not treated as equitably as others. Mm -hmm. um, and that other, and that can, comes from all sorts of systemic re reasons, potentially um, all these other things. So even within yeah. that larger community, people aren't, Community, let me say this again, community members within the community that I feel like I am a part of don't necessarily see themselves as an equal member. And that kind of yes. breaks my heart a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's, so this is a kind of the core of, I think, the, the, the spirit behind the question is this, is this idea of like, you know, I feel at conflict with the concept of community because there's this part of me that feels like, well, in one direction, um, we're all a community because we're just humans, you know, and like humans are in community together because that's sort of the nature of what humans are. And, and it just, it, it just so happens that the biology of our brain means we can only really hold like a couple hundred connections at a time and then everyone else just becomes a stranger to us. Um, and right. so that feels like a threat. But then in the other direction, it's like maybe 
that's what we should be leaning into. And maybe we're actually pushing too hard for big communities. And maybe we actually should be a little bit more closed down and we should be a little bit more unit based, you know, like maybe that would be healthier for us. Um, mm. I mean, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of directions, you think like if we were less concerned about the global community, we would have less need for, you know, transcontinental transport and trade and, you know, goods and services and things. And we would be more concerned with like, well, what do we have in front of us right now for the unit, mm. you know? And, and so, you know, you think about all the, the genuinely earth threatening issues that are, that are coming to a head. I mean, as we record this, you know, half of BC is on fire right now, you know, and yeah. it's like, and it's like, um, you know, if we were to be a little more insular and a little more closed down and maybe a little more <laughs> exclusive in our communities, like, um, you know, who knows how we would actually define those parameters. And I'm sure somebody would fuck it up, but like, um, <laughs> you know, but it's like that may kind of lead us to being a little bit more eco forward, you know? Um, so I feel such a conflict with, with these two directions of what I feel like I would like in in a community or in my participation in community right absolutely yeah I, I, I that's an interesting perspective I had not, honestly not considered and and it's so interesting to balance that between also like the human urge for curiosity right and exactly. like wanting to explore beyond what is just immediately in front of us because what can also happen in that, you know, the dangerous thing about that is then the sense of other becomes much more tangible, right? And, yes. you know, and the greatest strength, I do feel the greatest strength that our species has in common is that when we band together, we can kind of do anything if we actually care about it. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and, and I, I, I worry a little bit about if, like is actually let me reframe that i'm curious more about if there's a way to both like narrow and open at the same time right like yes you know what i mean in terms of what you're saying and like bringing that space in and seeing what's in immediately there it, like it brings the scale down so much it becomes like those global problems these massive catastrophes that are happening you know me riding my bike to work tomorrow or whatever isn't gonna fix it all right but exactly um but it that actually might make an impact on the immediate group in front right in front of my eyes at the exactly. same time but but then not engaging with the broader world can be kind of scary because then we can just be like check we're done but we're not yes. actually done we have so much more well, to do well, yeah. and that's just it. And it's like, I, you know, and I feel this, like, I feel this conflict about that because there's this part of me that's like, you know, there's so much like psychic agony created by knowing what's going on in the world. You know, like I, I read, you know, I, I found this new um, news app called Roka News. It, it started as an Instagram account and then they've got their own app now. And, you know, they do just a couple stories a day and then you're done with the app and they just, it's not a con continuous feed. It's just like, it's mm. curated. Um, it's, it's purposely written very, um, not centrist, but it's, it's purposely not written with a slant. It's just fact-based with no opinion attached. Right. Um, because it's, you know, the argument is like the news is supposed to just tell you the news. It's not supposed to tell you how to feel about the news. Right. Um, right. And 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 there's this half of me that's like fascinated and like I'm on a little streak with it. They've totally gamified it. So it's like I'm on a 40 day streak and, you know, and yada, yada, yada. But, but at the same time, too, it's like how much good is it actually doing to my day to know about like, you know, Venezuelan politicians being assassinated or like, you know, um, a coup happening in Niger or something like that. You know, like I, 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 I value that knowledge and that curiosity. And that does spark a thought I want to talk about in a sec, but it's like mm -hmm. at the same time too, my knowing that doesn't actually improve my day, which is what kind of has to be at the core of self love and self-health is like mm -hmm. making sure that your your needs are centered you know it's it's like it's healthy ego right it's like right. it's it's like if i'm going to be able to do anything good let alone good for the world whatever that means like i have to first do good for myself mm -hmm. you know and and i think yeah. that there's so much like 
um, like there's this like pressure to know stuff because if you don't know it, then you're part of the problem, man, you know? And it's like, <laughs> well, no, I just have fucking bills to pay. Like, are you going to, you know, like um, I saw this fantastic post the other day that's sort of tangential, but I feel like related spiritually is that um, former guest of the show, Lauren Melisi, you know, she, she posted this, um, this ask me anything thing. And, and somebody posted like, um, oh, I'm, I, I always worry about girls. Of course they said girls who have an only fans account. And, um, and I'm worried that they're whatever. Da, da, da. And, and she, her reply was beautiful because it was like, okay, well, um, if you're worried about me, then how about you pay my student loan? And how about you pay for my moving fees? And how about you pay for the, you know, the things that I'm funding with this only fans? Like if, if you're worried about me, why aren't you helping? Right. Um, and I just like, I think I hit a point where it's like, I can only worry about stuff and I can't help stuff. You know, I don't know how to help right. Venezuela. I don't know how to help other countries i don't even know how to help myself so why would i waste what limited capacity i have on this sort of like knowledge olympics with strangers on the internet you know right oh my gosh that's a whole other <laughs> doing that with strangers like i dip into the comment section i've never commented once please yeah. don't mistake when i say that but like but i read just them. Out of, i read them just to, occasionally just to see what sort of like true unhinged perspectives are like flowing out of these things and, and just it re, it's it reminds me so i'm actually i'm not sure what it totally reminds me but it i don't know it's 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 a pleasurable experience every once in a while just to kind of like dip into that and dip back out and 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 see so i have no interest threat, in engaging that know? oh yeah there's a lot absolutely yeah. a lot of a lot of judgment a lot of <laughs> wild accusations of mm -hmm. terrible terrible things <laughs> yeah that's one thing is that it's like why would i why would i engage in a discourse that jumps that quickly to just saying go die you know, it's like, yeah. well, that's not helping no. anybody. Like it's, it's no. that that's, there's no, there's no point in telling anybody go kill yourself because like, that's no. a, that's a useless argument for whatever part of the spectrum you fall on, you know, like it's, yeah. it's what a, what a, what a, what a bad answer, you know, but, um, yeah. but you said something before that I wanted to loop mm -hmm. back to about the, the sort of inherent na nature of curiosity in, 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 you know, humans. And, and I've been thinking a lot about this recently because it's like, you know, we, ha we do have this intrinsic curiosity within ourselves and, and you, you know, as you learn history and you go back through like, you know, great explorers, the, the, the tragedy of every explorer is that they inevitably, as you say, they encounter unknowns people and then they're, because they're strangers, their first impulse is protection. And so it leads to violence. Right. And, and, right. and it's, you know, I, I got really hyper fixated on Alexander the Great uh, a couple months ago. <laughs> read like four four books about him and um just cool. being fascinated by him because he really became this figure to me of like he's like a very tragic figure to me because he he you know he obviously had deep-seated like parent issues and was just had like an inferiority com complex and all he really seemed to want to do was be an explorer it's just that the nature of the era he lived in was that he had to be a warlord you know and so it's mm. like i feel like if he'd lived centuries later um he would have just been a cartographer or some shit you know um, right but then on the flip side like his conquests ended up opening up you know new new known worlds right so it's this it's this really hard you know i'm not an i'm not arguing for colonialism it's just this really <laughs> difficult like it, it's this really difficult balance of like there is good that comes out of exploration it's just that there is also so much pain you know oh, and, yes. and and i don't know how to reconcile that that kind of thing yeah i don't i feel like those are t such two separate things but they come together so much um mm -hmm. like ex like yeah curiosity and exploration is so it's so lovely like it's so mm. the, the the idea of it in 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 end of itself is is grand it's the thing that stories are written about you know like yeah like i don't know i've watched star Every trek as a kid a like, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's about it's about it's about those, you know, exploring and seeing what's out there, but then bringing that old 
all that baggage along and and that other side of the coin of take 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 right and Mm -hmm. consume and yeah it's 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 a balanced thing that is scary and yeah and i I don't know how we can change that if we can or you know what's and what's next for us too right like i remember hearing something interesting not long ago about kind of the the people of our like not just our generation but our like broader generations how did they say it was like we're too old to explore the planet, but too young to explore the stars in a way. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Cause you know, there's cert- certainly so much to discover about our own world, certainly without a doubt. Um, but uh, you know, and then it's, I mean, the premise is that of that comment was that of course we will become a space faring race one day, sure. which we may or may or not certainly, but I just thought, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting thing. And what is it about that? not having something to explore readily. Um, mm. What does that do to like the psyche of, of a people, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, also with the premise, hopefully that that exploration is not colonialist and destructive. Well, and, that's, and that's just it, isn't it? You know, I'm reading about like, there's different, different countries who are trying to like get back to the moon because they want to set up colonies there. And it's like Russia just like, fucked up their landing they you know they, they they did the first attempt at a landing since the 70s and they fucked it up and so now i believe it's pakistan is is um has a has a <laughs> thing going up and it's supposed to oh, launch cool. like this week and and but it's all with these intentions of these like unilateral colonies like it's not with actual exploration or or discovery in mind it's ways to like secure territory you know and yeah and and that's the same thing that's why i like i have no faith in someone like elon musk and his like dumbass no. fucking mars probes and shit because it's like no you're you're like until you fundamentally change yourself as a human there's no way that you won't take that with you wherever you go. And so like yeah. that is a that is a deeply broken man, a deeply unhealthy man who no matter what planet he lives on, will just be a deeply unhealthy man, you know? And, <laughs> yes. and so it's like, I don't want fucking Elon Musk on Mars. Leave Mars alone, you know? Like, yeah. fuck <laughs> off, man, you know? <laughs> yes. Mars currently has considerably fewer assholes on it than Earth does. And <laughs> Literally, right? They're doing fine without us, you know? Exactly. Like, fuck, you know? And it's like, why would we want to go to Mars when we're fucking up this planet? Like, what are we going to do? We're just going to fuck it up too. So, like, why don't we stop worrying about sending rockets out and start going interior, you know, and yeah. like, fix ourselves, right? But yes. um, I don't know. I don't know. But that's scary, right? That's a scary, like, you know, right? Um, yeah, really I, was talk- I, was, I was talking the other day, you know, you were talking, you, you were mentioning this idea of like this, like to- toxic masculine culture and, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how, how destructive that is not only for the people around them, but themselves. And, and it's like, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to communicate to somebody who's in pain and doesn't even know it. Right. Like, like they've been bearing that pain for so long, they don't even realize how broken they are. You know, right. they think that that's just normal. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's like, how do you even, how would you even approach something like that? You know? I have no idea. I truly have no idea. I guess living is an alternate example is the only thing I can think of. And again, it, maybe that kind of comes back to what you'd mentioned about just like narrowing that focus a little bit. Right. But mm-hmm. if I can, if I can do that for myself and you know, try to be a better person in that that regard, then maybe it'll rub off on someone and maybe it won't. (laughs) But I guess that's okay. (laughs) I have a question for you. What, two questions. They'll be, they're a very different, um, different topics, I suppose. But um, I think I'm kind of curious a bit about what it is that, in the years you have been doing this show, um, like I remember way back when, like way, 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 way back when, like lifetimes for us ago, back yeah. when, I think you and I sat down, like we'd known each other a bit, but we weren't like super close pals. I think this was the beginning of, of us becoming pretty good pals was 
we went to, I think it was the last best um I like pub here in town and I remember you were just being like I want to start a podcast and this is what I think I want us to be want it to be about and like this was so long ago um and now you know you you've done that you've moved cities you're you know you're I think your understanding of who you as a human being has evolved your life has changed in countless countless ways and yet this show even the different iterations of it have been has been a consistency um, throughout all of those ups and downs that I know you've had mm-hmm. and that you know I've had too. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of keeping like with that show in mind as kind of this consistent point, what is it, what have you learned about people mm. through the lens of that show through your life over the past six or seven years, however long it is that you've been doing it. And how has like, how has it changed, you know, for the better, for the ill or not at all? Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's my question. I love that. You know, I think the first impulse thought for me is that um, I have discovered that there's just so much more love in my life than I ever give myself credit for, you know, that Mm. there's, there i i i can very easily um slip into self-loathing and apathy and all those fun you know feelings um um and and by continually forcing myself to connect with people who i may be afraid to connect with or i may be nervous to or i may be uncertain what we'll talk about or all those you know um (laughs) and then we end up having this great time you know and 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 i just feel loved you know uh and and so I think yeah I think the, the the core has just been rediscovering that there is sort of there's a bottomless well for love at all times mm-hmm. anywhere you just you do have to go looking for it you know it won't it won't always come to you and 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 I think oftentimes in my life I have fallen into the sort of like the a, a little bit of a victim mentality of like I'm hurting but I'm gonna close off and just wait for someone to notice that I'm not around, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that's not really fair. Like that's kind of manipulative. And, and, and so, you know, sometimes I'm incapable of reaching out, but then there's, there are times when I can. And, and I think that this podcast has really helped me learn how to reach out and, and how to take a little bit of ownership from my side. You know, um, I, I'm not responsible for other people's behaviors, but I am responsible for my own, you know? And, and so, if I'm lonely and people aren't reaching out, you know, I can ask myself, have I been reaching out, you know, and, and, and I bear just as much responsibility in that transaction, you know, Um, I think that's one of the core ones. Um, The other thing is that it's like, it has become a real comfort to me knowing that like, even, even when I'm stressed and even when I, go on hiatus and I I take a breather I know that it's always there because it's just for it's in essence it is just for me like I I don't do it for you know to become you know some big podcast person like I don't do it for for accolades or acclaim I do it because like it's really nice for me to get a chance to talk to somebody I've wanted to talk to you know and spend mm-hmm. an hour chatting and and hearing their stories and hearing their opinions on stuff and being heard too, right? You know, like it's it's just it's a it's just as reciprocal in the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's been what always brings me back is being like, well, this isn't, you know, success to me is like, did the did the guest have fun? And in which case, right. cool. Whoever listens to it, like have fun you know what i mean like it, it, it like that kind of stuff doesn't really matter to me metrics and seo and optimizing and yada 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 like I, you know, <laughs> um who gives a shit right like um as long as i had a nice time with my guest then the episode is a success to me you know and um that really keeps me coming back you know um and that really you know both those things have really painted like i think i'm not alone in the struggle to find connection and in the struggle to maintain connection and and i think people are really fucking lonely these days and i think a lot of people don't even necessarily realize how lonely they are until they're asked 
how are you feeling? You know, and then they have right. to stop and go, oh, shit, I've been like ignoring these really deep feelings for a long time. And and I really love the opportunity to 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 give that space to, to hear that, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, I mean, it's funny that links to like to me, what community is, is like it's it's, yeah. it's not about not transactions. It's it's reciprocity. Right. You know, it's like. Right. It's like what I'm, what I'm, what I, what I have the capacity for is what I can offer. Right. And, and then we build that together, you know? Right. Um, and I guess my capacity is like, yeah, I can offer you an hour chat every once in a while, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of, speaking of like, uh, sort of community stuff, um, this is something I've been wanting to talk to you for a bit. Um, um, so longtime listeners of the show will be familiar with, uh, for a little while, I was doing little filler episodes where I was reading out chapters of a novel that I, that I had written last year. Um, it's since stalled out and I'm, I'm reappraising what I'm even doing with the whole thing. But, um, but it was, um, um, at times loosely and at times very concretely inspired by a trip that I took two years ago where I stayed at, at your house and you in, in the writing were used as the template for, for, for a character, um, um, which I was so nervous about because, you know, as we were talking about before recording, you know, I never wrote with any malicious intent, but, you know, after, after writing it and putting it out and, and running out of time before sort of asking you about it, I realized like, (laughs) intention doesn't mean anything to impact, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I could have write, written it with all the love of my heart and you could have still seen something that, that rubbed you wrong and that would be completely valid. And I would have hurt you in that case, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I should and would take accountability for that, you know? Um, and I guess I'm, I'm really curious, like how did it feel initially to sort of like, yeah, be, be sort of, templated into this kind of like <laughs> pseudo caricature you know um yeah no it was it was super interesting i listened to that while i was in the south of france i was kind of just walking around so just had that had that for for ha- having this like interesting call back to home while i was in a very completely different environment so yeah, yeah. it was interesting and and like i I recognize it. I think on your, your, I think the show's Instagram feed mentioning something about what does this protagonist learn about blind cats or something. I'm like, okay, yeah, I yeah. have a feeling I know what this is <laughs> going to be about. <laughs> and it just like how, you know, just how similar it was. And like, uh, I think it was chapter eight and I don't think I've, I've heard chapter nine. I don't think that's even come out yet. No, that but was like, the last chapter so, I put out. Yeah. yeah so I'm kind of like, I need closure on this anecdote. How will this <laughs> shake out? Um, but like, it was intri- like, it was, it was intriguing to me just to, to, to hear that, just how, how close to home it really was and just how mm. kind of, you know, spot on. I think the only you know, factual inaccuracy is that that character may not have another beer with you, but I certainly will. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's funny is the next chapter is like, so we end up finishing the box of beers. And, yes, you there, know? Of course, I'm sure it would. <laughs> um, that's really funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I think not, my feathers were never rankled. I was never concerned about that i trust you as a human and as a friend and as a writer and artist to like be sensitive to whatever and you know that whole thing there was nothing to be sensitive about really um i found i think the the one thing that i found interesting and this is actually i mentioned that i had two questions this was the second Mm -hmm. question Um, it was directly related to this um was i think if i'm right the the question that the t- the chapter title was something around the lines of like, does Brett actually like me or does he just pretend to be to care because I'm not or he's nice or something, something yes. around that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I genuinely wondered if that if you thought that, and you may and you may not, and I'm a nice guy, um, I can. <laughs> definitively answered that you know uh, that certainly i do care about you regardless of nice guy or not um 
but uh but yeah like i was surprised that that was a that was a question um and i mm. hoped that that you would know that you could always call like genuinely yeah. like you were you, like like and and i really mean that and i and i'm you know i would say this on mic or off mic and uh, yeah. but like yeah i so i guess but i don't know what's going on in your in your writer's mind in that i don't know mm-hmm. if that's like a literary device for you it's it's entirely that's entirely fine so i guess i just i hope that in every interaction that we've had since you moved out of calgary is that that it's that i genuinely do care for you as a friend yeah. um, and i, I truly yeah. do regardless of any you know of uh, any time that's that's separated and anything like that so i think that was the only thing that that came to my mind is 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 huh i i, I hope you know i hope he knows for real that that's yeah. that's true and and even if he doesn't that i want to make sure that he does yeah um, yeah thank you thanks anton that's like genuinely really sweet i um that actually hit me really hard um of course it's um it's funny because it's like um i do know that you know and i and i and i i think it was um um it was two things one was like you know the, the 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 narrator at the time in the book is in a very different emotional state than, than I am, you know? And so Mm -hmm. definitely it's a part of that. It's, it's trying to really lean into the anxiety and it's leaning into the dysregulation and it's leaning into that uncertainty. Right. Um, And at the same time too, I mean, those are genuine questions I have asked myself, not just about you, but, but about everyone, you know, I I recently, I recently reshared a little, I think it was a TikTok or an Instagram thing I saw that was like this guy being like, this is my impersonation of someone I think hates me. And then it's like, hi, how are you? Oh my God, I've missed you. Oh, I was just at a party. I just had my birthday. You were invited, but you didn't come. And and everyone was asking where you were. And would, are you free right now? Would you like to go for a beer? I, I, I just want to talk, right? You know, and it's just like, and and it just felt so real. And it felt so like, you know, because I... I am somebody, I mean, look, you know, one of the sort of spirits of the show is that like through much of my life, I have struggled to maintain friendships and I have been burned so many times and I, and I have burned so many times, you know? And so it's like, I, I know how volatile I can be and I know how volatile I have been. And that's really led me to like a deep distrust of myself that I continue to process through. And that does leave me often questioning authenticity in everything you know um you know derealization you know it's real you know and um and and so like i have asked myself that and then at the same time too i do know like especially by you with using you know using you as the example i do know that that is genuine and and there is an actual love here there's an actual friendship here but like Mm -hmm. thank you so much for saying it that really is so so kind-hearted and like so sweet and it's like it's always nice to hear that you care about someone or that you're cared about you know (laughs) (laughs) no of course and i also recognize that like me asking this question is coming from you know something that a, a, a work of semi-autobiographical semi-fictional work you know of a yeah. small snippet of which i've heard you know heard a tiny totally. bit that i have not seen the rest right so like i also understand you know i make art myself so i understand yeah. that there are always other contexts so yeah and like and it had nothing to do with you at all i was like you know i have my own anxieties and my own anxiousnesses Sure. Uh, and often that is comes around, you know, perception of, you know, how do people perceive who I am and how yeah. I go day to day, you know, especially, yeah. you know, as a person who is like, like myself, I'm very like conflict averse and very, yes. I often feel even about causes that I feel very passionate about. I often feel too dumb to engage <laughs> with sure. it. And so I, I, I oft I will more often than not choose the choose the way of least resistance, um, yeah. which isn't always great. Which is but so because of that, I'm I'm often curious what people see and what people 
recognize and and if I'm being understood, that's something I always struggle with sometimes. Yes. Is like, yes. am I am, am I making myself understood? So mm-hmm. when even like so when a question like that comes up about a fictional character in a totally yeah. different other work of, work of art that reminds me of myself. Um, it makes me ask those questions, right? And like, is yeah. there a ways for myself to be a better friend? You know, is the way that I'm, you know, when I leave interactions, do people feel, you know, safe? Do they feel yeah. seen? Do they feel, do they feel understood as well? Um, yeah. So it just, it starts, it makes my head spin sometimes. Yeah. That's all. And I think, you know, I don't know, I, that's what good pieces are all about. I yeah, yeah, but at the same time too, like like thank you so much for sharing that. I genuinely, you know, because it's like, yeah, it's so interesting, like hearing your your side on that, because it's like I I uh, you know, I wrote it from my perspective, right? And then thinking mm-hmm. through the, you know, the and and like it is a narrator, so like there is a division, but at the same time too, I am the writer and like so every character is me, you know, like it's, it's, right. it's both, it's both end, you know? Um, um, and like I say, it is a question I have personally asked, but like, but I don't think I had reconciled the other side of it of like, what would that make someone feel being asked that, you know, like, cause to me, it was more an internal question of like, well, I'm unlikable. Right. And, and I hadn't mm. considered the thought of like, well, is that making someone else feel like they're not showing their love or, you know, like, um, right. and, and, and that question of being understood hits so hard of like, you know, I, I know I struggle with all the time. It's why I'm constantly repeating myself because I'm like, let me try that with like a slight tweak and and yeah. just waste more time. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do it, the same but thing. But you're, you know, but like you're, you are, you are absolutely, you know, I want to just say clearly and bluntly, you are seen and you are loved and I feel loved <laughs> by you. And I, oh, I, I, I appreciate you so much. And I, I wonder sometimes, you know, I wonder sometimes about, um, not about if we're friends or not, but it's like, I, 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 you're somebody I wish I was better at consistency with. Um, I talk often on the show about being really inconsistent about anything that's not right in front of me you know like i i don't you know i'm autistic and adhd so like i have no i just have no (laughs) object permanence you know and um and so like it's only when i get these flashes of reminders that i go fuck anton shit i haven't talked to him in two months fuck you know and then right (laughs) um um but there's no like love lost in my in my heart on my side and there's no like hard feelings you know it's just like if if my heart goes in any you know quote-unquote negative direction it's purely like i did something wrong you know what i mean um, mm, I know what um mean. which yeah. is like which is like not a great you know we don't need to go in either of those directions nobody's done anything no. negative we've just been exactly. living right exactly exactly <laughs> and i also think that there's value in in friendships with people where you may not see them all the time and that there's the ability to kind of almost pick up exactly where you left off right like exactly i don't remember the last time that you and i spoke but you know mm-hmm. beyond like over a handful of text messages right like yeah. Yeah. and yet there's a, a comfort and a you know a shared history for us to just almost pick up pretty much exactly where we left off and that's and i think that's totally fine you live in vancouver i don't live in vancouver right like that's okay (laughs) and that's gonna be that's gonna be fine and like i you know i'd love for us to hang out more but the world is a bigger place and that's okay and that's and but knowing that we can kind of like come back to this moment Mm -hmm. uh really whenever is and that's something i trust is like you know i don't know when we'll chat again honestly i don't know and yeah. uh, if you do that trip to Calgary, like drop me a line, let's hang out. Yes. Um, but I just, I know that that next interaction is going to be as pleasant and fun as this. And, That's and, exactly right. and, and it doesn't matter if it's in a year, it doesn't matter if it's tomorrow. Right. And yeah. so, and there are values to, to those different types of friendships than the folks that you see literally every single day. Yep. There's, um, you know, you're, you're, you're speaking to something that I've been working on with my therapist a lot. And I, 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 I've spoken about it a little bit in, in, in past recent episodes about, um, dismantling like black and white thinking and instead leaning into the curiosity. And you just said it so beautifully about mm. like, you know, 
it's not that I'll never see you. It's not that I'll always see you. It's that I I might see you sometime. And like and like leaving those doors open rather than like you know because if you close a the door, then it's done, right? And yes. then you're telling yourself I'm in control of that because it's a closed door or whatever it is. But by leaving it ajar, you know, you're leaving it to just whatever life brings, you know? And um, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because like, you know, with you, it's like, you know, we've, we've tried a few times we've tried, uh, um, you know, like there was, there was trips supposed to be planned and stuff's falling through yeah. and all kinds of random stuff. Right. You know, and, and life just happens. Right. And, totally. and um, you know, I think this is such a beautiful, like for lack of a better word, like case study of like, <laughs> of like, of like, yeah, staying open and staying curious and just, you know, recognizing that like, you know, you can hold love for someone and, and, also let them live right yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely and also i hope that you know us bringing this up is like just because you never considered from my my point of view in in that in that writing mm-hmm. i hope that 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 won't stifle your thoughts moving forward oh no no, no. Well, I mean, that book's yeah. already written. So whatever's in yeah. there, that's already that's already in there. Oh, whatever. Right? Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like, but like next, um, next, next, whatever projects, like it's it's really you're really helping open my eyes to like. There's not just the internal answer to the question. There's also the external answer to the question, and like right. neither has to overpower the other, but they should be considered. You know, and and I yeah. really love that. I really value yeah. that. Um, Thank you. Um, so, so I'm, I'm cognizant of the time. I think I want to just jump into kind of, kind of the, the, the rappy uppy question. Um, sure. um, and we've kind of been touching on it and that, so, uh, you know, I don't want to say, I know what you'll answer, your answer will be, but like, but I feel like I'm hearing, I've already heard some really good suggestions, but, um, you know, as I, as I love to do, I like to leave listeners with sort of an actionable thing they can try out this week. And so what do you think is something that they could try doing? to be a better friend this week? Oh, what a lovely question. Um, I think what they should do is take a minute and scroll through your phone um, and find someone you haven't texted in a little while. I feel like this advice has been given on your show previously and in fact i can think of at least two people off the top of my head um i'm a listener not just a guest (laughs) yeah (laughs) but just (laughs) but like uh yeah scroll through that phone pick someone you haven't seen for a, a little while and just say hey hope you're good you know don't maybe maybe phrase it in a way that where that that can be a kind of a closed interaction that you're not putting them on the spot to get back to you. If they do, they will, that'll be, that's lovely. And that'll start something. And if they don't, that's totally cool too. It could be that they got your text in the car and we're like, I'll deal with that later. And then six weeks later, they message you back. I do that all the time. Um, Same, literally (laughs) same. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's something that could be simple you know, and we do have, despite the technology that keeps us apart, it also keeps us connected. And I think, mm-hmm. and I would suggest a text message over a call, which is rife with all sorts of like societal <laughs> anxiety sure. or for me, it, I'll sure. speak for myself. Um, but that text message can probably go a long way. And just to, just to say, yeah. oh, hey, how's it going? And just drop that. Um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I love it. Yeah, I think that's that's the I'm going to try to do that, too. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I, you know, I, I, I feel really charged up by, you know, because like, yeah, I, once again, coming back to like that, I feel like that happens to us all the time. Somehow we have like a sixth sense for texting each other at like what's a great time for for me at a terrible time for you or vice versa, yeah. you know, and, and it'll happen to me all the time. I'll get your I'll get a text from you and I'll be like, fuck, yeah. And I'll put my phone away because I can't text at the moment. And then. Yeah, a month will go by and I'll go, oh, fuck, you know? Right? Oh, yeah. You know? I do it all the time. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I love it. So um, what do you have coming up? Do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have anywhere you would like listeners to find you, follow any of your work or anything like that? Um, what have I got to plug? Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? I'm not going to plug myself. Can I make some like podcast recommendations instead? Fuck yeah, you can. Okay, cool. Um, 
yeah, like my stuff is fine, but I've been really listening to a lot of podcasts <laughs> lately and that makes me excited. Um, yeah. Oh, I, okay. The one, one show I will suggest that people, if they want a great little escape from reality, but it's also like a, um, uh, also it's like a really well thought through and well reported show um there's a, a podcast called imaginary worlds um that's out right. there it's hosted by a guy named eric malinsky he's a former this american Re- life producer and reporter and he's kind of d- done this podcast and he's made a business out of it um uh, it's their tagline is imaginary worlds um why we create them and why we want to suspend our disbelief or something like that. Mm. So it's like looking at society and culture through the lens of like science fiction, fantasy um, stories. I'm already sold. I love it's it. It's lovely. It's really lovely. And if you download, I think what is their most recent episode, I don't know when you're releasing this, but at least one of the episodes that uh, came out in the summer, um, it's about uh, television shows that were canceled too soon. And he did a less like a listener call out. And I got to, t- I got to, go on and speak very eloquently about one of my favorite canceled shows carnival so wow. i would recommend that yeah amazing carnival yeah. there was a show holy shit oh, season so one good. was incredible i don't think oh my. i think i might have actually not finished season two because i knew it was it got canned and so i yeah. was too disappointed you know but um yeah but uh i'm gonna look out for that episode that's awesome yeah yeah, it should be out now. It's I think it just came out very recently. It's a two-part episode. One is about like special gems, gems of shows that people may not have heard of that are is quite yeah. good. But the first half is that. So and you, you'll hear me speak eloquently about that. He is yeah, editing is very it. very good. Um, and I'll it. also recommend uh, another podcast called Bellwether. Um, it was an independent show that came out. I don't know. It came out a while ago, two years ago or so. It's um, written, produced by um, a, a journalist I really respect named Sam Greenspan. Uh, they used to be uh, one of the founding producers for um, 99% Invisible. Um, if you've ever heard that, like big time mm-hmm. stuff. So um, when I was in Prague, uh, like I follow Sam on Instagram. So, and I saw that they and their partner, Shing were in uh, Prague just randomly. And uh, Sam and I had had a interaction years and years ago about something else. So I kind of just like, I reached out randomly, randomly was like, Hey, are you in Prague for the quadrennial? And they're like, yeah, want to go hang out? I'm like, yes, I do. So, (laughs) so uh, yeah, uh, Sam and Shing and Meg and I went out for dinner. We had went to see a show and just hung out and just talked about podcasting and about the, the world. And Sam's in an interesting, like, career transition right now and like trying to figure out what they want to do next and uh and shing is just like she's just this amazing interesting puppeteer builder and and fascinating artist and uh yeah and it was just it was just fabulous and and so anyway sam made this amazing show called bellwether i think it's a like a six or eight part series they call speculative journalism and it's kind of got a like a science fiction frame and then reporting real stories. And then, uh, and, and then this, like this fictional narrative that's also happening within that, that's supporting it. It's, it, I think it's a real fascinating piece. Love and I think it. people want to, yeah. want to, should, should go listen to it. 100%. I will link both of those. I mean, I'm going to go listen to those right now, but, uh, yeah. but everybody else can listen to it when the episode comes out. Cause those are, yeah, the show totally. Notes, so. That's amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Anton, you are just, you're just the best. Like, I just, I love you so Thank fucking you. much. I just, you Thank know, you, I, I, I love chatting with you. This has been such a nice time. And, um, and, you know, I, I, you know, there's this part of me that like, um, you know, doubling back onto the, onto the novel for just a second, like, you know, I, I was inspired to write it because I, you know, partially inspired by you and partially inspired by that trip and our conversations and, and, and just, awesome. you know, you're somebody who continues to inspire me and, and I, I, I just deeply value you in my life. So thank you so much for, for, <laughs> for just being you and doing your thing. You know, that means a lot to me. I really appreciate yeah. that. And yeah. um, I can't wait till we get to hang out in person and you know what, Woo! who knows when that'll be. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. 
Thank you so much to Anton for coming back on the show. It was such a pleasure to catch up with him. Um, the links to the shows that he mentioned are in the show notes. I have been listening to Bellwether and absolutely loving it. I cannot recommend it enough. It's actually going into this week's newsletter as well. So be sure to check those shows out. You're going to love them. Speaking of the newsletter, why not sign up for my weekly Substack? You are going to get free access to a brand new poem, a brand new micro essay, a brand new playlist on Spotify, and so much more. It's been an absolute blast putting these out, and I think you're going to love them. Again, you can sign up for those in the show notes. One last thing before I go. Um, I have started a new separate Instagram account for uh, sharing my poetry writing. So you can follow me at Hey Sorry I Missed You on Instagram. I'm hoping to expand this to TikTok, maybe do some, you know, of those really fun videos with the music and the sad and the playing and getting the hits and the algorithm and all those things. But for now, it's on Instagram and it is a ton of fun. I've been sharing some of the key poems from my collection first dates with pro wrestlers that I'm hoping to have published next year. Um, so feel free to check those out again. Links in the show notes. Follow me. It's a ton of fun. I've been getting some amazing feedback, amazing love, and I cannot thank you enough for it. But that is it for me this week. Nothing massive to report other than those. So I'm just going to wrap this up here. I got myself a little bit of a cold, so uh, I'm going to give my voice a rest for the rest of the day. But hey, I'll be back next week with another brand new episode, and I hope to catch you there. But I'm not going to worry about that now, and neither should you, because that is then, and this is now. So for now, all I'm going to say is I love you so goddamn much, and I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties. <laughs>